It's official. One Shining Podcast is back, and I am your host, Tate Frazier. And as March Madness begins, we're covering everything from Selection Sunday all the way to the championship and beyond. We're going to have great guests that are coming through on the show. And look, if you're a friend of the program and you're already subscribed, you don't have to do anything. OSP is back. It's going to be right back in your feed. And if you're not a friend of the program and this is your first time on the rodeo, then let me tell you this. You need to go to Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts and smash subscribe today because the OSP show is back. It's the Ringer Gambling Show presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like 3-Minute Markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming, Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus, and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100-GAMBLER. Visit rg-help.com. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Let's roll, baby. Welcome in. It is a Tuesday edition of East Coast Bias. It's John Zustramski, Raheem the Dream Palmer, Joe House on remote. What else is new? Nobody living better than my guy, Joe House. But I got to say this right out of the gate. Miserable start to the day. Had to move the car. I'm in all pissy mood. We have our dopey camera that we got to set up for these shows. I couldn't set it up for 10 minutes. I want to take this camera and throw it out my window in Brooklyn. But aside from that, I'm ready to make some money because it's an exciting time of the year. Uh, fellas, welcome. House, I hope you're enjoying your excursion. You've been following sports for a long time. Would you say, House, this is the weirdest and most bizarre Final Four that you can ever remember? By far. It's, it's not uh, any contest whatsoever. Sometimes you will get a team that gets to the final four that that's an unexpected entrant. That George Mason final four appearance comes to mind as a recent kind of uh but you don't get you know three or four teams the way that we have like you, that there was no anticipating San Diego State, Florida Atlantic and Miami all together in this moment. I will say this JJ, I'm a little disappointed in us here at, at East Coast Bias. We are outside-the-box thinkers. We like to think big thoughts. We like to ponder the extraordinary, the uh, unimaginable. On Friday's show, you posed to Dream and I. You said, which of the two one-seeds is more vulnerable? We had a good discussion about it, and there was a little difference of opinion. 
I'm just mad at us for not saying the right play here is to go outside the box and fade both number one seeds. It's not either or, it's both. So I'm mad at us, JJ. You know what? I can understand that. And Raheem, that would have been one hell of a parlay on Friday night, man. You know, I was happy about my Aztec bat. I give you credit. You were all over Miami on Friday. I ended up hopping on come Sunday. But geez, if we would have bet San Diego State and Miami on the money line on Friday night, Raheem, uh, I'd have that much more loot bringing with me to Vegas on Thursday. Just say it, dude. And how about, you know, taking the underdogs on Friday and then rolling them over on Saturday and Sunday? Because, I mean, you would have absolutely cleaned up. I mean, you might be, you know, paying off a student loan or something like that. It's just, I mean, the way the underdogs are coming in at this point, it's just unreal. You know, I was thinking about this on Sunday, Raheem, and it brought me back to the Super Bowl where we had this great discussion about officiating and right call, wrong call. You guys know this. I was invested in a Creighton 41 ticket to win the entire thing. I'm watching the game after a round of golf on Sunday with my father. Creighton is getting thoroughly outplayed in the second half. They get this miracle when the guy from San Diego State basically, you know, it's like one of my passes in the sandlot. He overthrows his wide receiver. It goes right to the defensive back, or in this case, the defender and Creighton lays it in. And then you have the sequence where they call the foul with under a second. House, I think I'm going to surprise you here. I had no problem with the call. I had absolutely no problem with the call. And I know what the argument has been. You know, the argument's been, oh, they weren't calling it tight the whole game. You know, Creighton basically had a foul to give with inside of 10 seconds. As that shot went up for San Diego State, I kind of yelled, they hit him. Like, it, it, it altered the shot. It clearly had an impact on what we saw there at the end of the game. Usually, I love to kill officials. It's it's a pastime of mine. It's I have a lot of fun with it. And I usually like to blame them when a bet goes wrong. In this case, House, I think they got it right, dude. I thought that was a foul. Yeah, I don't have any problem with the the merits of the the call. It just felt like to me a reflex whistle, and you see that to me more in the NCAA than you do in the pros, where. The the the, it, the NBA they tend to let contact occur inside the last ten seconds unless it's it's dramatic unless you're you're up on the shooter's um, shooting hand. Uh, in this thing, the the problem with with it, you know, and I understand the criticism. It wasn't he didn't hit the shooter's hand. It was a push. I, I it was the the right call, but I just would have preferred in view of that you know, relatively insignificant contact to just let the kids play out, play another, play another quarter in the, in the overtime. Yeah. I mean, I think you, you want to see the games decided by the actual players, but when you put some, when you put your hand on it, on a hip, you yeah. know, or yeah, hand on, you know, someone's stomach while they're shooting, they have to make that call. And it's just, you know, it's, it's unfortunate, but when you, when you don't make that call, you're taking it out of the players' hands as well, and you're you're letting them get away with some things. So it's unfortunate the way the game ended, but it was very reminiscent of what we saw in the Super Bowl. Um, you know, it just you got to make that call, and the better team won. That's what it boils down to. San Diego State outplayed Creighton in the second half. Creighton's one of the best offensive teams in the country, and San Diego State just completely shut them down on defense. They go to the Final Four. Florida Atlantic, the Owls go to the Final Four, and it just goes to show you, Florida Atlantic is one possession away from losing to Memphis in the first game. They survive, they win, they get hot at the right time, they're playing this weekend. Miami is down seven points to Drake, 
inside of five minutes to play in their first round game. They survive. They're experienced. They get hot. They're in the final four. And then, of course, you have this UConn team that looks like a wagon. They are now minus 125 to win the championship. They have smoked everybody that they've played. The closest game they played, fellas, let's be honest, was Iona and Rick Pitino in the first half of their 413 matchup. Aside from that, St. Mary's, Arkansas, and Gonzaga have been no match for UConn. House, I think Miami is live in this game. We'll get to this on Friday, but we got five and a half for Miami and UConn. We have San Diego State laying two against Florida Atlantic. Does anything stand out there? So, sidewise, my inclination would be UConn. I am the squarest guy, but they, you you said it, they've been a truck. They're, they're in their four games, and this is possibly a function of, you know, v- Vegas trying to, to catch up and, and size up the way the public views this. They were favored by nine and a half in the first round. They won by 24. They were favored by four the second round. They won by 15. They were favored by three and a half in the, uh, you know, the the Sweet 16. Won by 23. Elite eight, favored by two and a half over Gonzaga. Now, I mean, that second half, Gonzaga just ran out of steam, but they won by 28. Like, those are those are four double-digit, like, just full-on blow-them-out-of-the-park uh, outcomes, and five and a half feels a little soft, but I, I respect Miami. I don't really have, love... Um, the side play, what I like the most and what I have fired on already is the total in the San Diego State, Florida Atlantic game. It's around 132, 131 and a half, depending on where you're looking. I love the under in, in that game. The uh, Since the, the Mountain West tournament, San Diego State has been holding teams to an average of 56 and a half points per game. And the thing with Florida Atlantic, they need to live on the three-point line. Reminder, we're about to go into the giant football stadium, the gigantic football stadium, and, and where everything is going to be different from what they've experienced all season long in terms of the venues that they play in. And it's already the case that San Diego State is trying to grind. I just I just feel like this is one of those games uh, in, in the in the low 60s at best between these two teams. So that's my my favorite play so far. Raheem, you got a lean for Saturday? Um, you know, one thing I want to say is that there's an interesting caveat when it comes to that UConn game. Um, everyone knows that Senego is practicing Ramadan, and he's going to be able to break his fast before that game because the game takes place at night. Um, and I think the way UConn has been playing um, you kind of have to focus on them. Now, for me, I don't necessarily want to lay the points. I think the best the best play here is to take UConn to win the, the national championship outright. You can get that minus 120 at FanDuel. Um, if they win this game, they're probably going to be big favorites over Florida Atlantic or San Diego State. So I think that's the way you go. And you could also put yourself in a position to where you can, you can try to middle it. So that's what I like. All right. So the boys... United front with the UConn Huskies. I will have my picks coming on Friday. The boys will officially make their picks for the doubleheader in the Final Four. And a little storyline and subplot here, guys. 2006, Jim Laranega, the coach of George Mason University, took down a powerhouse UConn team with Rudy Gay and Stanley Robinson and all sorts of pros. Jim Laranega 
gets an opportunity to slay the dragon with a little bit more talent than he had in that George Mason team. And listen, everybody's been sleeping on this Miami team. I know defensively, at times, they leave a lot to be desired. They got chutzpah. They got stones. We saw it against Drake. We saw it against Texas. I think that is, of course, the game you circle as we get closer and closer to Saturday. So uh, I definitely know which way I'm betting one of these games. I could tell you that without hesitation. The other game, I got to still get in the lab, kind of draw up a couple scenarios, and we'll figure it out come Friday. All right, when we come back, the home stretch of the NBA season, and we wanted Embiid, Jokic. We don't get Embiid and Jokic, but uh, trying to figure out, playing who's in and who's out in the Eastern Conference. The West is right now insanity. All right, we'll break it all down. That's coming up next. So we're about a week and change out from the end of the NBA regular season. And there's so much that's undecided right now, boys. I mean, you look at that picture in the Western Conference. It's murky. You're trying to figure out Knicks, Nets, Heat. Murky. Monster Nick Heat game, by the way, Wednesday at Madison Square Garden. A game that my beloved New York Knicks need to win. I hope that Jalen Brunson is going to be on the court. But Raheem, for you, what is the gambling storyline you're paying attention to outside from the obvious, which is who's trying to get in the top six, who's trying to avoid the plan, obviously the end of the MVP race. But what is the storyline that is kind of captivating you the most in this final week, two weeks of the regular season in the NBA? I mean, it's definitely who's going to make the, the postseason um, when it comes to. I mean, the, the the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference. I mean, you look at Brooklyn and Miami, they're both 40 and 35. We've discussed it on this podcast numerous times, which one of these teams is going to fall into the play-in tournament, which one of these teams is going to make the postseason. Um, I know House has that bet on Miami, but I mean, you know, Brooklyn's so up and down that it can go either way. And then obviously when it comes to the Western Conference, I, I had the, the Lakers making the postseason. I feel like they've been playing a lot better. Obviously, they had the disappointing loss against the Chicago Bulls. Um, we spoke at length about how they're getting a ton of free throws right now. LeBron James is finally back. So I think those are the two mo- most interesting stories as far as ga- gambling in the NBA right now. House, <laughs> what about you, baby? Yeah, so the West is far more intriguing to me than, than the East. And I think the East now is basically set. And I'll go ahead and get my rant out of the way right now. What the Miami Heat did on Saturday night against uh, hosting the, the 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 Brooklyn Nets is deplorable. I will not forgive them. And if I was a fan of Miami Heat, my Twitter Twitter timeline, every every public uh, forum, I would have been able to 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 get out on. That was one of the worst defensive performances in franchise history in that second half. The the number of points that the Brooklyn Nets scored compared to the number of possessions that they had. That's a joke. That's a joke team. That's a joke franchise. I don't know what they tell their fans about how they enter the, the, this upcoming offseason. They're out in the first round. They're, they're not going to, they're going to have to be in the play in because they're not jumping over the Nets. The Nets only have one road game left. Miami has only two more home games and they're 25th defensively since the all-star break. It's a garbage defensive team. They're only capable of every other night. They're an every other game team. They don't put two games together. This game tonight, they're on the road against the Raptors. I I like the Raptors on the money line. And then the Heat turn around and go play the Knicks. That that, that could be two losses right there. I think the the, um, East is set. Now, what's crazy is we've been talking, I'll just 
I'll speak for myself. Talking about the idea that the Heat are, are to be avoided, that it's a, a concerning team coming in, that as you look at the bottom half of, of the East, that like Boston and Philly would be jockeying to avoid the Heat. I don't think either one of them give a rat's ass about the Heat. The Heat stink. They're both those teams will, will take care of business against the Heat. The Heat are going to be in the play-in. God bless them. Good luck to the Heat in, in, in uh, getting out of the, the play-in. On the Western side, my question is just this. Are we really going to have a Western Conference playoffs that doesn't feature the Dallas Mavericks oh, and Luka so. Doncic? Thank you. I'm glad oh, you man. brought that up. Are we going to have that? That's the storyline <laughs> that was catching my eye, and I am rooting like crazy against it. Listen, I think everybody knows my feelings on Kyrie Irving. He's a total dog. He's an absolute cancer to what he brings to basically every NBA team known to man. And I love the fact that that team, not that they were great to begin with before they made the Kyrie Irving trade. So let's let's state the obvious. It's not like Dallas was having this great season without Kyrie Irving, but he has come in and they have gotten worse. They have gotten progressively worse. He's so easy to root against. Raheem, that's what I'm rooting for. That's what I'm monitoring. That's the storyline that I have circled over the next two weeks. Can the Luka Kyrie partnership, which right now looks like a total you know what show? Kyrie Irving makes everybody miserable. Luka looks absolutely miserable. I'm rooting for the likes of Oklahoma City and New Orleans and even the Lakers. Can't believe I'm saying it. I'm rooting for the Lakers to get in a postseason and to play in. Let's keep the Dallas Mavericks at home because it would be beautiful. Symmetry for Kyrie Irving, one of my favorite people in all of basketball. Can that happen, Raheem? That's a little unfair to Kyrie. Unfair. I mean, when you look at this, unfair. The guy's a hey, dog. Hear me, hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Come hear me on, out. man. What's unfair about it? The guy's a dog. I mean, but I mean, look. I think I'm not going to blame Kyrie for all of this going wrong. Now, I do think the Kyrie trade is why it went wrong, because you give up your best defender in Dennis Smith Jr. But, I mean, Kyrie's not single-handedly destroying that locker room. And when you look at, you know, Luka and Kyrie, they're 3-7 and seven together. With Luka, they're 0-2. With Kyrie and no Luka, they're 3-1. and one. I think the issue is this team just can't defend, and they're one of the worst rebounding teams in the league. They lost back-to-back to Charlotte. I mean, this team is a complete mess. So I do think they're going to miss the postseason. I think, I mean... The one thing, there is a positive to this um, when it comes to the Mavericks is, you know, you clear the books. I mean, you traded for Kyrie. Um, they couldn't make any moves before because they had no cap space. But you clear the books of Kyrie and Christian Wood and you start all over. You have some cap space to build around Luka. But I do think this team is going to miss the postseason. But I think we got to we gotta lay back on some of the Kyrie heat. No, it's yeah, not yeah. Like I can't get enough I, of it. I, I I'm going to support. I got to support um, Dream. Dream said that that uh, the best defender for Dallas. He mentioned Dennis Smith Jr. I know he meant Dorian Finney-Smith. Finney yeah, Den- Dorian Finney-Smith. He said Dennis Smith Jr. because Dennis Smith Jr. hit a game winner on behalf of Charlotte against Dallas to to keep keep them down. So that was the sweet revenge for. De- I know why Dennis Smith Jr. is front of mind because he he he, 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 got, <laughs> he finally got his revenge from the poor Zingas trade all those years ago. But uh, yeah, Dorian Finney-Smith and, and Spencer Dinwiddie moving on, it, it was subtraction by subtraction for Dallas. It made them worse. <laughs> I don't think it, it's it's entirely Kyrie's fault. I agree with the, the uh, Dream's assessment here. They haven't been on the court that enough. There's There was clearly an, a, a chemistry experiment that they were wanted to try. It was clearly a gamble. The gamble failed. Kyrie's been hurt, you know, a little bit. 
Luca's been hurt a little bit, and the chemistry experiment isn't going to work. They 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 don't play defense. They can't play defense, and that's going to be it for him. And then you know you know one thing um, Luca mentioned he's not having fun right now. His own mother is suing him for his name. Jeez. So it's just like imagine you know your own mother is suing you um, and copyright like and trademark your name. It's just like there's some issues going on off the court with basketball with Luca, and then just you know house hit the nail on the head. This team is scoring 120 20 points per one possession. So I mean they can score the basketball, but when you don't have any defenders, there's nothing you can do. So. Um, just just a sad season for the Mavericks, especially coming off the Western Conference Finals last year. Well, listen, they play defense like the three of us would in, in a rec league basketball game, <laughs> and, and that's a problem. That's number one. Number two, guys, this is a long shot ticket that I have here. It's a long shot. Oklahoma City to make the playoffs. Now, I understand Oklahoma City is going to have to get through the plan, and they're going to be underdogs, quite frankly, in whoever they match up with in the plan. How's, that's one that I'm like, uh, I'm holding out hope for, bro. Get me the Oklahoma City Thunder in the playoffs here. SGA, Gideon, away we go, man. Look, man, that's a live ticket. That team, by all measures on offense, is a load. They get going and they get going downhill. It's all up to SGA. And again, I've complained about it on this show. That they would, I don't understand the mysterious portion of the season where they held him out and went, you know, it was just a couple weeks ago, went on like a five-game losing streak. A couple of those games would be important right now. 100%. It would be good. Like you look at their dif- differential; they're, they're, they have a differential that's better than, than than the Clippers. Their differential would would put them at fifth in in the uh, in, in the West, but they lost a bunch of games because SGA sat out. I'm a guy who who's right here saying right now SGA's got to be first team All NBA, and we'll get around wow. to, to all of that. Wow, you know, that's the a court. bold one, look, buddy. Well, that's look, a take right there. Look at where they are, where they've been, and what they have in front of them. If if I, I'm, I like your ticket, JJ. You're in a great position to hedge that too. Um, 100%. With, with them making it to the as playoffs, long, so that's the goal. They, as long as they find their way into that playing house, I'll have an opportunity to do it. Um, one quick. What, what one. price do you have on that ticket? Oh, geez, let me pull it up right now. Let me pull it. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to give me a minute. It was not from a preseason bet. It was made like early in the season. It was like a couple months in. Just you got to bear yeah, with a, me. That's here. a great ticket. You got to agree. You got to bear with me, guys. Four to one. You, you know what though? Why are you looking for that ticket? I have a hot take. All right, we love a hot the, take. The Minnesota Timberwolves are going to win a playoff series. Whoa! Provided, wow! Wow! Provided you're, all the, the, you're all the way back on the Timberwolves, so that would mean they get. Do you, Raheem? Let me let me kind of grill you here on this. Are you expecting them to play Sacramento in the first round? Is that what you're saying, this? Yeah, I think, I mean, if they're playing Sacramento in the first round or, like, you know, they're playing, like, to me, I just think the way, the way that they're playing right now and Cat is back, I mean, and, like, early on in the year, it felt like Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert couldn't coexist. But, I mean, they're picking up, some, I mean, some huge wins here. And I, I just love the way this team is playing. We saw last year in that Memphis series, they probably should have beat Memphis. But they were just so young that they blew a, a ton of leads. I just think this team is, has grown up overnight. And I, I, I'm, I'm a, honestly, I just think they're going to be scary in the playoffs. Um, when you look at the West, it's pretty wide open. Um, I mean, I don't necessarily expect them to beat Denver, but I don't expect them to fall to the eighth seed. So I think if they're playing Sacramento, I mean, I think they're they're live. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't have an well, issue with that take. I'm rooting for humongous- Sacramento in that series, but I don't have an issue with that take. We'll, at we'll all. know by the end of this week, probably, because tomorrow night, Minnesota is at Phoenix. And then 
Friday night, they are home against the Lakers. So both of those are crucial playoff positioning games, and we'll have a lot better feel for where Minnesota is going to land. But look, man, it could be Phoenix or, or the Kings. Those are the two most eligible candidates as the, the thing lines up right now. I, I think both of those are, are interesting. Uh, you know, I like the dog sort of notion of both of those. All right, boys, we got some totals to break down. One to preview the start of the Major League Baseball season. The other is the way too early NFL totals that dropped. I saw them on Twitter uh, 24 hours ago, and I texted, I think, the East Coast Bias chat. I was like, there's one I know I'm betting for an absolute fact, and we'll break it all down. That's coming up next. All right, boys, I'm excited for opening day. You guys know I'm an enormous baseball fan. I want The, the problem for me in, in my life in my stages, number one, New York, New York, we're doing nonstop Yankees and Mets coverage. So basically every day I'm talking baseball, which I love. Then I'm at SNY, the Mets channel, and I'm coming on after these games. So thankfully there's a pitch clock. Thankfully these games are going to flow. I'm going to love it. I'm going to get out of work hopefully a little sooner. But House, I love futures in baseball because it's like the middle of summer. I may be sipping a beer. I'm hanging out at the beach and I'm like, yeah, baby, I'm going to cash this or I'm dead in the middle of, uh, the dead of summer. Um, I, I wrote down a bunch. I, I want to fire these off. And then I want to see if House has any agreement, Raheem, any disagreement. I have five over-unders, by the way, that I have in baseball. I have three overs. I have two unders. Diamondbacks over 75 and a half. Spunky love team. It. Spunky team. I think they're going to be in the mix for the playoffs. I love it. Texas over 81 and a half. They beefed up their pitching. They got power in the lineup. I think the Astros come back to the pack a smidge. I'm in on the Rangers over 81 and a half. Brewers under 86 and a half. I think they're trading guys off. I am not a believer. They have no offense. 86 and a half with the Brewers. Dodgers under 96 and a half wins. I'm all in on the Padres this year. You heard me talk up the D-backs. Dodgers did nothing to improve their team in the offseason. They'll be good, but they're not going to win 97 plus games. And then the other one I like, Toronto. I think Toronto, everybody was ahead of the curve with them last year. They were everybody's darling. Now I think they're kind of under the radar a little bit. I think they're poised for a big year. So Diamondbacks over, Brewers under 86 and a half, Rangers over 81 and a half, Toronto over 91 and a half, Dodgers under 96 and a half. Raheem, I'll start with you. I see you like the Diamondbacks one, but is there any Major I League Baseball future that kind of catches your eye? Well, first things first, I want to say I love the Texas Rangers future. I think that's a really great future. Look at I this. Mean, I'm getting an endorsement from Raheem with two of the two right out of the gate. I like that. I like that. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's the one right there. Um, I mean, I think that's correlated with one that I like. Um, when you look at um the Oakland Athletics, I mean, I think they're gonna be really, really bad. <laughs> so I think the, the the Rangers could beat up on them, you know, and I, I just think this team. You know, they have a real chance at, at making the postseason. I think you could take some futures on them to make it a postseason and then maybe even take a flyer on them to win the World Series. I mean, it's just a lot of times if you get into the postseason, anything could happen. Um, I think the one that stands out to me is the Cleveland Guardians. And I was about to call them the Indians because it's been Don't worry, 30 years of my the, life. You know, what, Raheem, they play in the playoff series, and I think I called them the Indians like 10 zillion times. So don't feel too bad, bro. <laughs> but yeah, when it comes to the Guardians, What's what's going down this year in baseball? They're changing the rules on the ship. What do the Guardians do? They put the ball in play. Um, what do the Guardians do? They still they 
they're still bases. They got bigger bases this year. So I think the rule changes are going to help the Guardians more than pr- pretty much any other organization. They're not a team that hits a ton of home runs. They put the ball in play. And if you got guys like Juan, I just think, you know, they're going to be able to they're going to be able to get on base and steal bases. And I just don't think the rest of the division is that great. So I like the Cleveland Guardians. I think you can go over their win total. I think they they win their division as well. So I, I'm down in the garbage bin. I like to do baseball futures that that don't feel like they really have a sweat associated with them. So I, nice. I go way down to, to the bottom. Uh, I'm down with Oakland and, and with Washington. I'm on both of their unders. Uh, I got Washington under 60 and a half and Oakland under 59 and a half. And, and as a result, I am going to play that Rangers that you both endorse. And I'm, I love that correlated play those two teams are both you know dead in the water not doing anything Oakland one interesting thing I'm going to look for I haven't um, jumped into the markets enough in the baseball world but uh, uh, Estuary Ruiz uh, stolen bases total that's what (laughs) that's for the A's I think the A's will have like one thing to look forward to this young fella might be the fastest guy in in baseball he stole uh, his success rate in stolen bases across the levels that he played 85% so uh, with the new change in, in in the rules and the bigger bases, Estuary Ruiz over whatever his total base total is, if you can find that. And then two teams that are incented to try and show a glimmer of, of hope and, and to restore some faith in their uh, uh, fandom. Kansas City over 68 and a half. Oh, I like that. Also, Detroit also over 68 and a half. I'm playing both of those. So, so are you basically I know I'm trafficking way down. The- are you basically playing the Tigers and the Royals and hopeful that you hit one of the two hats, that one of them is well, going to be a little better than you know, and, and, Yeah, that, and, the, and the, I, I like it because both could get to 69, and that would, that would still set up that, that division for other teams, the proper teams to win, and, and the, those don't they, don't, they don't kill you. And that's a division that's wide open, that America League yeah. Central. And Raheem, I see your point on the Guardians. They're a young team. They got a lot of guys who put the ball in play, and they have one of the best managers, if not the best manager in all baseball, in Tito Francona, which to me is worth a couple of wins for what it's worth. Um, as far as my pick to win a World Series, guys, I'm all in on the San Diego Padres. I am all in on the San Diego Padres. They got star power galore. I think it's their time to go and win the National League West. You got a lineup that's got Soto, Machado, Tatis coming back. They add Zinder Bogarts. My way-too-early World Series pick is the San Diego Padres over the Toronto Blue Jays. How about that for a weird World Series? Padres over the Blue Jays. And you'll like this, Raheem. (laughs) I'm betting Wheeler to win the NL Cy Young because he pitches and he puts up unbelievable K numbers. And I'm betting my guy Garrett Cole for the Yankees. I think he has a monster year. I think Garrett Cole is due to win a Cy Young in pinstripes. Those are my two little awards. Padres... Blue Jays. That is the World Series pick. Interesting. I, I'm not mad at that. I mean, as long as the Padres don't leave Josh Hader on the bench <laughs> with the season on the line, I think I think they have a really good shot. Um, you know, I'm still thankful that they didn't bring out Hader um, when it yeah. mattered. And, you know, Bryce hit that. <laughs> oh, of course that you are. Bryce's ball still hasn't landed yet. That's why. You 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 know who would, would hate that. Is Major League Baseball <laughs> the Padres and the Blue Jays? Those are the markets that we're going to catch for the World Series. It might be a tough one. I don't know. Well, if you're listen, House, I, I'm not eyes. concerned about Rob Manfred and his ratings and his portfolio <laughs> for Fox. I'm just, 
I'm just trying to make a couple of bucks on this bad boy. I, I trust me for New York, New York's sake. I hope it's the Yankee Met World Series because then my podcast will be through the roof for baseball season, and Met fans will hate me all October. So I, I want that, man. Yeah, I'm. I'm not mad at that at all. I think, um, you know, one that one that stands out to me before. I think I said it before. Um, Philadelphia Phillies under 89 wins. I think it's down to wow. 88 Wow, you're half. going against your boys. You're going against the family, Raheem. I mean, you you lose. I mean, Bryce Harper is out for half the season with with Tommy John's season surgery. You lose Reese Hop Hoskins, which means you lose thir- about 30 home runs. Um, I think there's some real potential that if if this team doesn't you know start get off to a fast start, you know, Aaron Nola is a free agent. If we're out of it, you know, we can end up trading Nola. Um, so it's just, I, I just think we're, we're kind of built to, to not really win a lot of regular season games. So I think you got to go under here. I mean, the rest of the division is, I mean, it's solid outside of the Marlins. Um, you, you got the Braves. I mean, they win it NL East every year. Um, you got the Mets. I just think we go under this year. Um, I hope I'm wrong, but I, I think that's a good one. Um, also think you go under on the Giants as well. Yeah, I like that. The Giants last year. I mean, you had regression to the mean from 2021 to 2022. They're just a sub-500 team. I think that's what it boils down to. All right, real quick, before we say goodbye, we'll take a break. Quick thought on some way too early NFL totals and a play of the day for Tuesday to get you out of here. All right, the NFL totals that came out, it's way too early. I, I really don't want to put much liability in betting any of these, quite frankly, but they did come out. I saw the totals released. Um, Raheem, you know the one that I love. I saw the Jets nine and a half. I feel like I, I'm obligated to bet that under just to piss off every Jet fan in my life. I'm going to bet that under at nine and a half. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, I, I like both New York teams to go under. Um, I, I think, you know, the, the Jets are going to be overvalued. I mean, based on the fact that they bring in Aaron Rodgers, this is still not a good offensive line. Um, and Aaron Rodgers is getting older. So I think you I'm I think you can probably wait on that, see if the public pushes that up and then take it under. I also think the New York Giants go under eight and a half wins. They were five and three and one scored games last year. They are a prime regression candidate. I think they had an easy schedule last year. Um, you know, the ones I like, I mean, I think you gotta you gotta play all the Pythagorean um expectation totals. I mean, you look at the the Minnesota Vikings, under eight and a half wins. They were 9-0 in one-score games Love last it. year. Love I think it. They outperformed, yeah, they outperformed that Pythag by almost five games. Um, another one I, I really like is New, York, New Orleans Saints, under nine and a half wins. I think that's, that's a really good, good one in terms of, you know, they lost a lot of pieces on defense. They bring in Derek Carr, who has only gone over nine and a half wins in just two of his nine seasons. So um, those are some of my favorites. I think, you know, Cleveland, Cleveland is probably a good over. Over. A sneaky over. I was thinking about yeah. that, too. I was thinking about that over, yeah, too. Yeah, so I, I want to think on that a little bit more. And then, honestly, I think the Seattle Seahawks might also be a good sneaky over as well. So those are the ones I'm leaning towards right now. How should you see these totals? I did, and and I love them, and I uh, am not in a place to fire on them. I'm out of the country, but uh, I really adore... I'm on the exact same page as Dream when it comes to the Saints. You know, we're... we're we're, we're there with the market, in fact. The market's already, it's minus 130 Ooh. to bet the under nine and a half for the Saints. So the market has seen that and said, oh, that's interesting. Derek Carr and, and Dennis Smith, yeah, uh, that doesn't feel like a 10-win team to me. And then the one that I'm also interested in is correlated is the Panthers over seven and a half. I, I think their Pythagorean last year was eight. Uh, they finished it at, at seven. 
So I like them getting to to eight. I think that they're poised with this number one pick. You know, it's still not set in stone that they're absolutely positively going to take a quarterback. It's lined up that way, but um, let, let's see what what they do here. Uh, I think they're in in, in good shape um, with the uh, uh, AFC. The, the the NFC South plays the AFC South this coming season, so I'm all over the Panthers here. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think that's a good play. Carolina going to be very live to go and win that division. All right, real quick, before we say goodbye, Raheem, Tuesday night, play tonight, NBA, limited card. What do you got? We're going to go with the Atlanta Hawks, plus one and a half. I think they might be down to plus one. I think you could take it on the money line. They play the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, I think these these two teams have been alternating games on the road. But, I mean, I think Atlanta kind of has their number, um, at least when they're playing at home. And one thing I'll say about this Cleveland Cavaliers team is that they aren't as good on the road. They're just 18 and 20 on the road. They have a top-tier defense at home. However, on the road, they're six points per one to possessions worse on the road. Also, when you look at the injury report today, Jared Allen is, is, is a game-time decision. Isaac Okoro is a game-time decision. Dean Wade is a game-time de- decision. They're losing a lot of defensive pieces. I think Atlanta, they win they, this game outright. They probably should have beat Memphis the other night, but it didn't go their way. But I think you could take them tonight. And also, I got a little future. Um, I think you could take Jaron Jackson Jr. to win Defensive Player of the Year. I think he is plus 145 at FanDuel. So those are two bets that I like. House? Wonderful. I love that dream. I'm going to get on that uh, Triple J uh, uh, DPOY. I like um, the the Wizards-Celtics game going over. It's sitting at, at 223. Um, this Wizards, they, they finally decided with 10 games left to go ahead and turn in the keys. Uh, they're looking forward to... Cancun. They could come down here and join me in Jamaica. They'd be welcome. I'd love to go to the beach with with the zinger. But uh, they're not. There's no defense whatsoever happening in their games. 223 is is low total. It's really up to Boston to carry that water. Um, And then in that Miami-Toronto game, I already did my Miami rant, and I said I like Toronto at home on the money line. Toronto only wins at home. They don't win on the road. Um, I do like Miami catching the three and a half. It's not a two possession game. It's well, Miami. There you go. So yeah, you uh, now I'm in on Miami. I was gonna say yeah. Miami was gonna be my play grabbing three and a hook because you know what they'll yeah. do. They'll play that game down to the wirehouse. That's right. I, I yeah. couldn't agree more. I could not agree more, JJ. So there, there's a little middle in there, but Miami. They've done the one they've done is is in every other game. They're in every other game team after getting busted at home with the chance to grab the sixth seed and hold on to it ferociously. Uh, when that Nets, you know, turd performance, they come up to Toronto and handle their handle their business. I, I don't know. It's a jump ball in terms of the outcome. Um, but I like them getting the three and a half just like you. For House, Raheem, JJ signing off. Good job by our buddy Stefan filling in for the Wargon Warrior. I'll be in Vegas on Friday. Say a prayer for me, guys. I will be ready for this podcast. I'm probably going to have bags under my eyes and I'm going to sound like crap, but you know what? It's Vegas. When in Rome, I'm only going to hopefully do this once. Let's get ready for the final four. Be good, everybody. Be good, everybody.